Why is it that when we begin to experience a shortage in our life, we seem to focus on what we don't have? We look at how our bank account is almost depleted. We look at the rising prices of essentials and wonder if we will survive. Jesus taught the disciples to quit looking at their lack and to focus on the possibility of provision for the problem at hand. Can we not learn the same lesson and make it a part of our life today? You probably were told this when you were younger. Kids eat everything on your plate because there's people in China who are starving and they don't have anything to eat. Did you ever hear that? As a smart aleck kid, I thought, well, then send it to them because I don't want it. I was smart enough, though, not to utter those words out loud, just so you know. But what do starving people in another part of the world have anything to do with the food on my plate? In a kind of backhanded sort of way, our parents wanted us to appreciate what we had because they could remember when they didn't have that much. Did you ever take time to learn the stories of how your parents and grandparents survived the Great Depression? They may have had nothing, but they survived. Even if we don't know the details of how they survived, we do know that they simply made do with what they had. Torn jeans were not a fashion statement back then. They were patched with whatever material was available. Nothing was thrown out even when it was completely wore out. Newspaper was stuffed into a pair of shoes that had holes in the sole. Now most of us have never had to go through anything quite like that. However, right now in our part of the country, we are dealing with a great shortage of water. We keep getting reports that the water table is sinking lower and lower. People are having to call in the well drillers and get it down deeper. This past week, our well system here disintegrated and things were not looking too good for us as far as water goes. Crops are failing in our area. Many hay fields are producing less than 50% of their normal yield. Farmers are having to sell their cattle early because they cannot afford to feed them. There's been no pasture land because of the lack of rain. Gasoline seems to be on the rise again, heading for the $4 mark. Interest rates were raised in June and July, and the Fed is saying that they'll probably raise again soon. So things are not looking good on many fronts. I imagine watching the news these days could be quite depressing and disturbing. Thankfully, I broke my addiction to the news years ago, and so I don't have those negative messages running around in my head. As human beings, however, our propensity is to look at the bad and wring our hands in worry. Jesus understood this and challenged his disciples to think differently. In Matthew chapter 14, verses 15 through 17, we read, Now when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the day is now over. 
Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we only have five loaves and two fish. Now, just like the disciples, we tend to look at the enormity of the problem and compare that to the magnitude of our lack. Lord, there are 5,000 men here, not counting their wives and children. And we only have five loaves and a couple of dead fish. Another gospel account of this story adds that the disciples asked, what is that among so many? Jesus took the opportunity to teach the disciples a lesson. He said, bring them here to me. Take your apparent lack and bring it to me. Take that which you think you don't have and bring it to me. He was not daunted by their original thought to send the crowd away. And he was not daunted by the seemingly small amount of food that was available. Now in your mind, you're probably thinking, yeah, but that was Jesus. You're only partially right in thinking that way. But it was Jesus who was showing them and us how it is done and that we should take note. In another place, the next chapter over, but Jesus, aware of this, said, Oh, you of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? One of the first lessons of faith is to learn how to use what we have. Too many people are trying to believe God to provide this, that, or the other thing. They're believing God for something. And yet they haven't learned to trust God with what they have. When the Lord was bringing Moses up in his on-the-job training, he said to him, What is that in your hand? Moses replied, A staff. Now, if you remember in the story of Moses, how he attacked the Egyptian who was beaten up on a Hebrew, and he got scared, ran off in the desert, was there for 40 years, and he eventually came to realize he was not enough. And when he went to the burning bush and God started calling him, he said, not me. I'm not qualified. I'm not good enough. I'm not big enough. I don't have enough. Moses did not think that he was enough. He also did not think that he had enough. He continually argued with the Lord about his inability to lead the Israelites out of Egypt against Pharaoh's wishes. I mean, it was one argument after another. I'm surprised the Lord let him get away with that. But Moses had been humbled enough to realize that he could do nothing in his own strength. We can't provide, none of us individually can provide the water that's necessary in our area. 
In this instance, God asked Moses what he had. Now, the question was not so God could gain some information. Okay, God already knew. It was for Moses' benefit. To Moses, it was just a staff. But to the Lord, it was all that was necessary to begin the freedom march. Just the staff. Moses used that stick to work wonders and signs before Pharaoh and the people of God. It became a snake when he threw it on the ground in front of Pharaoh. It stood as a sign of power when they were battling the Amalekites in the desert. It was strong enough to break a rock in two so that water could come out of the rock. But it was only a stick. That's all he had. What do you have? That question is asking you to take inventory. We find another example during Elijah's travels. While there was a famine in the land, he came across a widow woman and her son, and he asked her to bring him some bread. And as she was going to bring it, he called her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. The woman was facing death as she was preparing to eat her last meal. But she honored the man of God in this. She honored him first. She did as she was asked with the little that she had and the flour and the oil never ran out. To her eyes, life was over. Crops had failed, she was bankrupt. The cupboards were empty. But what about us? When our supplies begin to get low, one of the first things we do is to quit giving. Start hanging on. I was at a seminar the other day where they pointed out that when churches, when their finances begin to shrivel up, the first thing that goes is missions and programs. They get rid of those. They quit giving. Most of us have not been that destitute yet. However, now might be a good time to take inventory of what we have. Will it be enough? There's another story earlier about Elisha. Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Elijah told her to go and gather as many vessels for oil as she could find, and she did. And when she began pouring the oil, it did not stop until she ran out of vessels. She was then able to sell the oil and continue living. Does God still do that sort of thing these days? Yes, he does. 
And I believe Leonard might have been with me for this next story. When I had the house ministry in Pensacola, we, had, we regularly fed 15 to 20 people every meal. One day I took a head count of those who would be available for lunch because I was going to make blueberry pancakes. 20 people said that they would be around to eat. I got busy, made the batter, and cooked 59 pancakes. The last one, of course, was kind of small. Those of you who ever make a batch of pancakes know that there's never enough for that last one to be like the others. The last one was small. I figured I would take the last two because we were going to feed everybody with three pancakes. As we called everyone into the dining room, three visitors knocked on the door and came in. And we invited them to eat with us. That was our habit then. As we prayed before eating, I felt the Lord direct me to go ahead and put three pancakes on every plate. Just as we had planned. I did. We all ate. And the last one served, myself, had three pancakes. There was a miracle of provision there that we didn't see. We, we didn't see anything being made. But I knew what I had counted off the griddle. I've seen that type of miracle more than once in my life. I could spend the rest of our time and go over by telling you some of the things that the Lord has done in the way of provision. But it still comes back to what do you have? I had enough batter for 20 people. Can God multiply it? Absolutely. Speaking of Jesus on the seashore, and when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But your word, I will let down the nets. A lot of faith there, you know. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. Now those boys had nothing but their nets, which had failed them all night long. Sometimes, even the little we have becomes depleted, and we're left with nothing. The disciples looked at how much they had worked and how little they had as a result. But then they responded with faith. They responded with trust, much like the two widow women with Elisha and Elijah. For the widow woman, it was a simple moment for her to make a decision. For Moses, he was learning through on-the-job training. The disciples, too, learning through on-job training, had been around Jesus long enough to take him at his word. For us, learning to trust the Lord with the little that we have, is a learning process. Paul talks about that. 
When he says, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned. Operative word there, learned. In whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. He's learned the secret. Have you learned the secret? Paul learned how to be content because it's a process of learning. The very first step in that process, though, is this. Quit looking at what you don't have. Take inventory. What do you have? Is it enough? Probably not by the world's standards. Probably not by the uh, money gurus who tell us how to manage our finances. But if, you're, if what you have, be it little or be it lot, if it's secured in the nest of faith and covered with a blanket of trust, it is more than enough. What you have is more than enough. Now tune in and hear me very clearly on this next statement. Who you are is more than enough. Don't look at yourself as failing or as a failure, having not made it. That was Moses' problem. Who he was was enough. Who you are is enough. The Lord is more than enough. And we take what we don't have. We take who we think we are not. And we place it before the Lord. And multiplication, magnification occurs. I encourage you, friends, to begin looking at life with the eyes of faith rather than the eyes of fear. Both faith and fear have the ability to produce something. But I believe that you will enjoy the products of faith much more than the products of fear. Learn what it means to place your trust in the Lord. Increase your ability, increase your acknowledging of the Lord. Even in the mundane and routine, as we prayed this morning, that we acknowledge the Lord in all that we do. Amen.